Good morning. Welcome to the West Irwin Church of Christ. Uh, we're so glad, as always, thankful if you're here in person, thankful if you're joining us online. Uh, we're just thankful for you in general. Um, I've got a few announcements for us. So first off, I want to continue wishing Donnie Carnathan a happy, I almost said happy graduation. I guess it's kind of a graduation. Happy retirement. You did it. Uh, had a wonderful party yesterday. I, I was not able to be there, but I saw some photos, and it looked incredible. So congratulations again. We're so, so blessed to know you and uh, so, so blessed for all the work that, that you did. Um, today, Sunday, is small group Sunday. So this evening we're going to have small groups going on, so get with your small group. Uh, this Wednesday is a food truck coming in over at the Family Life Center. Uh, that starts at 5, 5 to 6.15. It's the C. Rojas. I probably did not pronounce that right, but... See something. It's a Mexican food truck, and it's supposed to be delicious. And so uh, I hope that you'll come join us for that. Uh, this Thursday, the very next day, is a Young at Heart area-wide. Now, I've been asked to really, really push this, so I'm going to do my best. This Thursday, it's at 6 o'clock over at the Family Life Center, Thursday, October 20th, Young at Heart area-wide. I know there's going to be a singing group, I believe, and, oh, gets me excited. I can't wait to be young at heart uh, someday to be able to go. I've still got a little ways before that happens, but uh, someday. Something to look forward to. Uh, So that's this Thursday, 6 o'clock. Hope that you'll join us for that. And then next big event, uh, two weeks from today, we've got the Trunk or Treat coming up. Trunk or Treat. And so uh, what this is going to be is going to be a kind of a three-part operation. I'll try to keep it brief, but we're going to have trunk or treat going on. That's going to be everybody and anybody in this room. Um, if you want to set up, if you don't know what trunk or treat is, really just think trick or treat, except for out of the back of a car. Um, so you'll decorate your trunk and you'll uh, pass out candy. You can have a little miniature game. It's really pretty easy. As long as you have candy, the kids are going to be happy. Uh, which, speaking of, we've got a box out in the foyer with uh, candy that. Uh, we, we need more candy. You can't have, I know parents would probably disagree with me, but you can't have too much candy. And uh, it will be an issue if we don't have enough candy. And y'all have done a wonderful job, but I want to ask that you please keep bringing more and more candy to put in that box. Uh, we also have a sign-up sheet out in the foyer, and I've got good news for you. If, if it's always been your dream to decorate your car trunk and you thought, man, it's, it's too late, I didn't sign up. Good news. It's not too late. You can still sign up. And so... Uh, out in the, I believe it's the table at the back of the foyer, there's a sign-up sheet for Trunk or Treat. Um, and I believe there's also one for the Young at Heart area-wide, and so be looking at that. So Trunk or Treat will be outside, inside the Family Life Center. We're going to have uh, fall festival food, uh, as usual. Uh, it's going to be all decorated up good. We're going to have different inflatables for the kids to play on, some of the adults too, probably, if you want to. Um, Let's see, there's also going to be a chili cook-off, and so we've done this in the past. There will be a chili cook-off. If you're interested in entering into that, we've also got to sign up for that, and so sign up for cooking chili, and that'll be good. Uh, last thing, we're going to turn, the youth group is going to turn the lighthouse into a fright house. Now, this isn't going to be super scary, but we're just going to make it something fun for the, the little kiddos to walk through, and uh, it'll, it'll be a good time, so I'm super-duper excited, but... Uh, Thank you for everyone that's already signed up. Thank you for everyone that's, that's going to be helping, and I, I just want to continue encouraging that. I think it'll be a really, really special evening. 
I believe that's all I've got, so I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'm going to read a couple verses, and then I'll turn it over to kick off our worship service. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 4, reads, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Thanks, Tucker. Good morning, everyone. Oh, come on. Good morning, everyone. There we go. Uh, you know what? To me, it's a beautiful Lord's Day because he's providing us with some much-needed rain. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's start off with singing How Great Is Our God. Fire one. You got it. I think it was a miss, though. <laughs> the splendor of a king clothed in majesty let all the earth rejoice all the earth rejoice he wraps himself in light and darkness tries to hide he trembles at his voice trembles at his voice how great is our god Sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. And age to age he stands, and time is in his hands, beginning at the
you know and report that as always your generosity was wonderful last week we sent a check for $12,000 to the Church of Christ disaster response team that will be helping those in Florida and those who are going down there uh, so many needs and uh, it's a wonderful group that goes down there and helps uh, people in need we've worked with that organization before and they just do a do a great job. Paul, uh, Paul wanted the church to know, he wanted this church to know, that God provides an abundance of grace and strength to face the challenges of life. And he also promises for eternal life. He tells us about that in Romans, Romans 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? In all these things we are more than conquerors through the love he, through who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor things that come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, we, uh, we give you thanks for this day and this church. A place, we can, a place we can share a common bond of love and service and to proclaim, to proclaim our eternal hope. We pray for this church and, and we will have a passion for the mission of teaching and presenting the truth to the world that, a world that is lost in selfishness and Satan's agenda. We are thankful for this nation, a nation of freedom and generous people who are willing to share with those to share with those that are less fortunate. We ask for your comfort and safety to those in Florida and that are rebuilding and those servants who are going down to, to help them. We also pray for our government leaders. 
May they remember this country was built on Christian principles and not on worldly feelings. Lord, this, this world seems so, so very dangerous and unsettled sometimes. We ask, we ask for peace. Father, we, we want to pray as a church for those that need your healing powers. We want to pray for Bitsy, who is still in the hospital, and be with her. And, and Wayne, who will be having some procedures done this week, just be with him and his uh, situations. Father, we want to pray for Toby Kennedy, who is having problems. And Father, we just pray that you be with him and then that his test will be able to go and he'll be able to provide what things that he needs to have a better, more fulfilling life. Father, we're thankful that Donnie Ingram was not injured seriously, but that he was hurt in his car wreck this week, and we just ask that you'll uh, be with him and, and help him in his healing process. We also thank you for Gene Chandler and his successful surgery, and Gary Broom, and he also had success. And we think of Eli, who will be having his procedure next month, and we just uh, pray for that young man and just bless him father we also remember that uh, david wicks and, and margie both are suffering with shingles and father we pray for healing for them above all we uh, we ask that uh, may they feel the godly peace that provide to your believing children we know we know others that are are in our hearts that we're thinking about today some that may be depressed and stressed with the life issues and worries about their, maybe worried about their children's choices or their marriage commitments or even their, maybe even their own dedication to their faith. We pray all find strength in the eternal promises from God and his eternal love. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. You sent your son to show us an example of living a, living a life of obedience. A savior carrying his own cross to shed his blood of salvation to all that will trust and obey. He is offering a place in heaven with, with no worries, no fears, and no tears. A place of eternal peace and joy. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you so much. And we thank you in Jesus' name we pray this prayer. Amen. To prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper, join with me in singing, My God and I. If you would, think about the words of these song, of this song, how it's, My God and I. Go in the field together. We walk and talk as good friends should and do. My God and I go in the field together. We walk and talk as good friends should and do. We clasp our
I grew up in the Pine Mills community. There wasn't anything to it, really, except a little general store. We lived in a small two-bedroom house. We didn't have a telephone until I was in junior high. We didn't buy our milk from a store. My mother prepared it straight from the cow. I was a country kid. If you lived in Pine Mills, you went to school in Quitman, which wasn't an imposing town. It was about 10 miles away. But that didn't stop me from feeling different. I was a country kid. I was around city kids. I felt different. One year when I was about 10, I was invited to a sleepover. Bring your pajamas and come to a sleepover at Hill's house. That's what the invitation said. There were a bunch of guys going. Everybody was excited. It was going to be a great deal of fun. I couldn't go. I didn't have pajamas. I never had pajamas. I told them I couldn't go. My mother was confused when I talked to her about it. I told her, Mom, I don't have any pajamas. My sweet little mama. She said, you're going to that sleepover and you're going to have pajamas. And she sewed me in a couple of days a pair of pajamas. I was so excited. I had a good time. I almost felt like a city kid. As I grow older, there are always going to be ways to feel, make me feel like I wasn't enough. How many degrees I had, how many zeros I had in my bank account, what kind of car I drove, my address. How do you feel today? Do you feel like the country kid that lives in the middle of the city? Let me tell you, I'm a country kid and I'll always be a country kid. But it doesn't matter whether you're from the sticks or you live in a high rise. It doesn't matter if you have a PhD or you can't even read. It doesn't matter if you drive a fancy car. It doesn't matter how big your bank account is. You may have to pinch pennies at the end of the month. We're all the same here, and we'll all come to the same end. And by the grace of God, and by the birth, death, and the resurrection of our Jesus Christ. We will always be heaven's kid. Let's rejoice in our common fate and bow in gratitude to the Lord for his redemption as we take this communion. Will you pray with me? Our most gracious Heavenly Father, just thankful, very thankful for this Lord's Supper for this 
time to, to take from this cup the bread of life that shows the sacrifice, the body that our Lord Jesus gave for all of us so that we might have eternal life. Thank you so much. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. tells me of the years we went before me, when heavenly plans were made for me to be, when all was done, a dream of pray with me. Again, dear God, we're just so thankful for this opportunity, this opportunity to drink from the cup, the cup that symbolizes the blood of our Savior, of our Jesus. Just bless us so much today, dear God, and it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. And now we have the opportunity to give back. So many people give back to this church by their service, by the hours that they put in, that they work. But this is our time right here to give back monetarily, to give graciously from our heart. So as we take this opportunity, would you please... Let me pray for the contribution. Thank you again, dear God, for this opportunity to give back, to give back monetarily for all the things that you've done for us, to give it back graciously from our heart, from our love for you, for this church. We are so very blessed. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. By God and I go through a way together. 
Let's sing Jesus Loves Me while our kids come up for kids' time. Uh, instead, let's sing Jesus Loves the Little Children. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus died for all the children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus died for all the children of the world. Who knows what this is? They're crayons. That's right. They're crayons. And what is it? In the box, it is. That is exactly right. It is a box of crayons. You're right about that. Well done. Well done. Now, what's in this box? Crayons. crayons. And what, what's different about each of the crayons? They have different colors. They have different colors. How many of you have a favorite color? Okay, what's your favorite color? Blue, okay. Red, all right. Gold, I like that. What about yours? Uh-huh. Blue. Silver. Ooh, very good. What's your favorite color, sweetie? Pink. Oh, wonderful. What color was yours? Blue. Blue. Okay, we have a few blues. How about you? Yours is pink also. Okay, what about yours? I like blue and orange. You like blue and orange. Okay, well, who wants to try to guess what Mr. Bill's favorite color is? What do you think it is? I think it's yellow. Yellow? That's a good guess. Orange, another good guess. Purple, I love these guesses. Golden. Golden. (laughs) Something about a preacher and gold is your favorite color. That's just, uh, I don't know. What about you? I think you don't have a favorite. You think I don't have a favorite? You just just like the colors. Spoken like a true politician. That's right. I like all the colors. Exactly right. What do you think? Red. What about you? Well, let me tell you one more. What about you? Blue. Well, blue is pretty close. You know, Miss Joyce, if you were to ask Miss Joyce, she would tell you because she knows what my favorite color has been since I was your age and I was able to get a box of crayons and have some coloring at home or at school or at church. You know, my favorite color, I'm not even sure they call it this anymore, but it's blue-green. 
I just love the color blue-green, and I always have. It's some kind of kind of combination of that. And so all of you were pretty, pretty close. But I'm going to let each of you take one crayon. And it doesn't have to be your favorite. It can be whatever color you want that's still in the box, okay? So let's, everybody gets to take a crayon. Take one. Hmm, okay. Good. Okay, very good. All right, now you have to make sure he doesn't eat that. Okay, good. What else? Think you're going to get that one? Okay. Now, you know, I told you that I I don't even think they call it, found a pink one kind of, uh, that they call it blue-green anymore, but I can tell you there are lots of different shades of these colors in here. You got sea green. There you go. Who knew? And you got golden? Okay. Well, there's a... There's a periwinkle, there's an indigo, there's azure, there's, I'm not even sure that there's a, a just a, a blue, so there you go, got that one, that's good. And did you get one, sweetie? Do you want a color? Do you want Mr. Bill to give you one? Let's see, what would be a beautiful color for you? How, do you like red? Red is, that's kind of red. You, okay, well, there's a lot of negotiating going on already. Okay, let's now let, look at Mr. Bill for a minute. Let's not write on ourselves. Let's not write on our clothes. Let's not write on our pew. Let's not write on, uh, okay, yours matches your, your shorts. That's good. But, you know, when you get to your Bible class or when you get home, you may have a coloring book or a piece of paper that you can color on, and that's good. But what I want to tell you is there are 64 different crayons in here. And you got some of them. You did say that because you saw that number, didn't you? And all of the colors are different. There's not two crayons in this box. Sometimes there are. In fact, sometimes you can buy a lot of colors that are the same color when you need that color. But in this box, they're all different. And that's the way God made us. He made all of us, just like whoever made these crayons, made all of them, but they are made different. And we're a little bit different too. And that's good because when you're coloring, you need more than one color, don't you? Because there are different things on what you're coloring that you might want a different color on. And that's how God made us. Do you remember the song we just sing? Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. What's the next part? Red and yellow and black and white and every other color imaginable. When you see somebody, you know whatever color they are, God made them. And you know what else you know? Whatever color they are, Jesus loves them. And we should too. Okay, let's go back to our seats or to Blast if you need to go that. And we'll sing this song one more time. Except there's not 64 people in the world. Well, there's more than 64 people in the world. You are right. This is a tough group. Uh, Jesus loves the little children. Huh? Yes, you can have that. You can keep it. The world. Red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world.
you would, please, let's be standing for our song before Bill's lesson today. In heavenly armor we'll enter the land, the battle belongs to the Lord. No weapon that fashioned against us will stand, the battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power and strength. Because as Tucker shared at the very beginning of our service, because we are one body and many members, we have a whole lot of different activities and a wide range of different activities that everyone can be a part of. And so we have a Young at Heart group that's meeting this Thursday night and a sponsoring, hosting the, all the area uh, for Young at Heart members as well, whatever they might call them. We have our trunk or treat that we're planning on. We have small groups that are meeting throughout this weekend. There is a lot of activity that's associated with our church and with our West Irwin family. And the reason that we have all of that is because, like those colors and all of these kids that were up here and all of us, we're one body but many members. And that means that we're different. And so we try to offer things that will help and do the things that need to be done, that things that we can take part in, and things perhaps, hopefully, that will reach other people. One of the questions underneath a lot of the tension we see in our society today is this. Is there a place for me anywhere? Is there a place for me anywhere? Other questions that are very similar. Where do I fit in? Do I belong? Do I belong? When people come to this church, when you invite them, when they come here for trunk or treat, or they come here for a young at heart dinner, or for our Bible class, or any other activity, one of the questions they're asking is, where do I fit in here? Is this a church that I can feel like I'm a part of because there's a place for me? Can I belong here? 
Do I belong here? Do you remember the last time that you heard the N word? I don't have to tell you what that racist term is, we all know. Do you remember the last time you heard it? Spoken out loud? Spoken in public? I remember mine. Well, several years ago, Joyce and I had moved to North Carolina. We hadn't been there for very long, so sometime after 2005. And uh, we, I went into a McDonald's uh, during the day. And by the way, this, it was the same McDonald's, which was the only McDonald's I think Joyce and I ever went in where we smelled smoke. <laughs> and not because something was burning in the kitchen, it was cigarette smoke. Only McDonald's I've ever been in that had a smoking section in the McDonald's. But hey, it was North Carolina. It was 2005. Now I can tell you that not long after that, they clamped down hard on that. And they were one of the first, I think, to uh, tell all restaurants no smoking anywhere unless you had that proper ventilation. But that's another sermon for another day. But I remember I walked into that McDonald's and I made my order, placed my order and everything. And there was a uh, young black teenager that was uh, there by the counter. He was an employee, and he was, um, he was mopping up a spill. Something had spilled, and, and so he was there mopping it up. And the man that uh, went out ahead of me, we were getting ready to leave, and there was a man that went out ahead of me that was obviously annoyed by that. Maybe he didn't like the fact that he was doing that. Maybe, maybe he didn't like that young man. Maybe he didn't like blacks, period. But after we got out of the restaurant and we're walking towards our, our cars, he called that man the N-word. And I was, I, I was just shocked. I hope if you hear that word, you're shocked. Vinnie Capetta, in a sermon titled, Breaking Down Racial Walls, starts out with this personal memory. He says, I told my neighbor that I was Italian and Puerto Rican. She said, the Italian side is the good side. Racism and discrimination can be found in all races. That wonderful communion meditation that Danny shared, it can be found based on where you live. It can be found based on what you have or don't have. Discrimination comes in all sizes, in all colors, in all backgrounds, in all bank accounts. After he mentions that quote, Capetta then asks this question, how can we break down racial walls? I certainly don't have the answer to that question, and I want to say from the outset that this sermon is not even going to attempt to solve the difficulties we have in our communities and in our nation today regarding race. I do believe, however, that if we Christians were truly the salt of the earth and the light of the world and were truly devoted to prayer, that that would certainly help. I don't remember exactly what I said. Um, to the man in the McDonald's that day. I was pretty shocked, as I said. But I know I said something. 
I think it was something like, there's no call for that. Or, you don't need to say that. Or, well, I know it wasn't this, but this is how I felt. Well into the 21st century in America, are there still people that are doing that? And the answer is yes. Yes. I don't always say something when I should, but I did that day. He just kept walking and got in his car, slammed the door, and drove off. Our society certainly has a big problem with this still. As our shepherd, Galen Ziegler, led us in our shepherd's prayer today, one of the things he prayed is that our civil leaders would remember the the, the uh, background of this nation goes back to uh, those Judeo-Christian values and principles. And one of the things that we go by is that with liberty and justice for all. And that is strictly a Christian concept. Not every community has ever believed that. But that's what Jesus taught and that's what the church accepted and tried to live out. And so that's included And some of the most important statements of our history in this country. But like many of the issues I've preached on lately with the sermon today, I want to focus on how we in the church struggle with this. This issue of racial prejudice and discrimination. And I want us to take a look at what was said about that in the first century because they struggled with it too. You see, those who visit our worship services and activities ask these same questions that we've mentioned. Is there a place for me here? Can I fit in here in your church? Do I belong here in your classes, in your groups, and on your pew? And I bet to a one of us, if we were asked out loud those questions, we would say, absolutely, yes, of course. But do your actions carry that same message? Do you reach out to people that are different from you? Whether they look different or they dress different or they talk different or you just know they're different. Do you reach out to them to make sure that they do feel included? That they do feel like there's a place for them here? That they do feel like they belong here and you're glad that they're here? We all want that, and the people that we try to reach and that reach out to us, they are asking those questions today. Christians in the first few decades of the church's existence face these same issues. Our problems in this country go back several hundred years, which seems like a long time. Jewish and Gentile Christians in the first century becoming members of the same churches, congregations just like this, Well, that was a conflict that went back at least 2,000 years to the time of Abraham and the institution of circumcision. They had been enemies all that time. Much of the New Testament, in fact, addresses that very issue and related issues and how Christians responded when people from diverse cultures and histories, some who had been mortal enemies for centuries, What happens when they come together and they form one body, the church? 
that history, that heritage, those feelings, they didn't all just vanish magically. But they struggled with it. And many of our New Testament passages are written to express that exact thing. And that's what we find in Ephesians chapters 2 and 3. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul speaks to with much of Ephesians, but certainly these two chapters. His message is addressed to a church much like ours, in a community much like ours, with problems exactly like ours. We come from lots of different backgrounds and races, but we belong together because of two things that we have in common. We are all sinners, and we are all saved the same way, through the Savior, Jesus Christ. Those two things are true of every single one of us that are saved by the blood of Christ. And that makes us all, whatever our diverse backgrounds, whatever our diverse history and heritage, that makes us all members of one body, the church. We all belong. Reflecting on those things, first of all, we are all sinners. We are all sinners. These words from Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 11. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles, not Jews, by birth, and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, the Jews, which is done in the body by human hands, remember, verse 12, that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Much like in Romans 9 through 11, Paul uses that uh, illustration of those who are near and those who are far away. And he speaks specifically about those who are near, meaning the Jews. They had been the people of God since 2000 B.C., (laughs) since God called Abraham and made all of those wonderful promises to him. Including, I will make of you a great nation. And he did. But that nation was not without its faults. And that people was not without their sins. And they had trouble from then on. But when you talk about the Jews, you say the same thing about the Jews as you do the non-Jews. The pagans, the Gentiles. And that is that they're sinners. Those who are far away, those who are near, the uncircumcised, the circumcised, the Gentiles, the Jews, we're all in the same boat on this one. There's not a single one of us that's righteous on our own. But Paul wants his Gentile Christian friends there in Ephesus to remember that even though before the time of Christ they were excluded from the people of God unless they became a part of the Jewish nation... Now they have been brought near, but not because they became Jews, not because they changed their heritage or their history or anything like that. They became a part of the people of God because of Jesus Christ, the same way that the Jews had, who had accepted Christ. 
We are all sinners. In chapter 2, the first three verses, we saw that just last week. We were dead in our sins. Without hope, without God, without salvation, without any chance, really, until God acted. And He saved us. It is by grace you have been saved through the response of faith. And you can't even boast in that. That too is God's gift to us. We are all sinners. Paul makes such an important point of that in the first three chapters of Romans. In chapter 1, it's the non-Jews. In chapter 2, it's the Jews. In chapter 3, that great verse in verse 23, all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. And all are justified in the same way, just as we're all sinners. Those who are justified are all justified the exact same way by faith. Whatever else your background is, whatever else your current situation is, whatever you look like, (laughs) justified by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And so we are all sinners, and secondly, we are all saved the same way, through the blood of Christ. The words continue in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 14. For He, Christ, He Himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one. And it's interesting that He says the two groups one, Jew and Gentile is what He's talking about. Who's not in one of those two groups? (laughs) You're either a Jew or you're not a Jew, so basically that's everybody. Verse 14, He Himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two. Or we could say out of them all. Thus making peace. And in one body, verse 16, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. By which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away the non-Jew, and peace to those who were near, the Jew. For through Him, Christ, we both, we all, have access to the Father by one Spirit. This is the work of God. We are all sinners, and we are all saved the same way through the blood of Christ. There's not a single one of us that is saved by any other way today. Jesus himself said, no one comes to the Father but through me. I am the way. The great passage in Romans 8 that Galen read from this morning during the shepherd's prayer time affirms that and tells us we are more than conquerors, but it is only through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul says to the Roman Christians that he had apparently never been there before, And when he goes there, he's under arrest. (laughs) But he tells them, hey, I can't wait to get there and preach the gospel. And I'm not ashamed to preach the gospel anywhere to anybody at any time. For in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of God is demonstrated and revealed and communicated. So that even though we have sins, we can receive the righteousness of God that comes by faith. And that's available for everyone of every stripe because we are all 
sinners. And we are all saved the exact same way. Through the blood of Christ. Most of us could probably quote John 3.16. For God so loved the world that... For God so loved the people that looked just like me. For God so loved the people that come from where I come from. For God so loved the people that speak English. For God so loved the people that are from the city or from the country. For God so loved the people that dress like I do. We understand that. It's hard to even say it that way. For God so loved what? The world. That he gave his one and only son. That whoever in the world would believe in him would not die. Even though that's what our sins deserve. The wages of sin is death. But all who would believe in him, all who would accept him by faith. Would not die but have everlasting life. We are all sinners. We are all saved the same way through the blood of Christ. And so thirdly, we can all say, I belong. We can all say that. No one is excluded. Why? Because everyone has sinned and because everyone is saved the same way through the blood of Christ. And that means every single one of us belong. We belong here. We belong with this group of sinners I don't want to be a part of that church because they're a bunch of sinners. Right. Exactly. And that's why we're here. Because we're all a bunch of sinners. Not because of what we have, not because of what we look like, not because of what our history is, but because we are sinners. And we're all saved the same way. We're all in that same boat. And so these words in Ephesians chapter 2, continuing in verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Now he's looking at a different image. Now we're going from being members of that one body to, to being a part of that same building. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. No one else, only Christ. Verse 21 of chapter 2, in him, Christ, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And, to him, and in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. He tells this church that had a lot of problems and a lot of division. And a lot of it had to do with race and history and background. And what does he tell them? He tells them in Christ you are being built together. Built together. Not separately, not individually. You're being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And so chapter 3 verse 6. This mystery that he's been talking about is that through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Members together of one body. And sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. And then skipping down to chapter 3 verses 10 and 11. His intent was that now through what? Through the church. His intent was that now through the church. 
The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. According to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. This mystery which means something that has been hidden and is now now revealed. And it is revealed to everyone in heaven and on earth. What is that mystery? The mystery is simply this. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, and whatever other color or shade there might be. Joyce will tell you that I don't do colors very well. Especially colors, you know, I can tell the difference between dark and light. And when you get into specifics, I'm a little questionable. So, if you notice me wearing a brown sock and a black sock some Sunday, do not be surprised. It could happen. I just hope my shoes match. (laughs) Because one time I went to church on Wednesday night and was teaching a young adult Bible class and had two different shoes on. But one was right and one was left, so I thought I was fine. (laughs) You've heard me say before, I believe that God is tone deaf and colorblind. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. And here's something else. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord of all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white. Precious in his sight. We can all say, I belong, because we are all sinners, and we are all saved the same way. And so, yes, there is a place for you here, among the other sinners. Yes, you can fit in here, among all the rest of us who have been saved and forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes, you can belong here. And we want you to. Toward the end of the sermon I quoted from earlier is this story. A first grader went on her first day to a newly integrated school at the height of the segregation storm. An anxious mother met her at the door to inquire, how did everything go, honey? Oh, mother, you know what? A little black girl sat next to me. In fear and trepidation, the mother expected trauma but tried to ask calmly, And what happened? We were both so scared that we held hands all day. And that's what we need to do. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to all join hands. And whatever our diverse backgrounds and history and heritage, we need to remind each other that we belong together. We need to acknowledge that we are ultimately no different, not a single one of us. Because we share a common love. We have a common gift to the Savior. We have a common bond that holds us to the Lord. We have a common strength when we're weary. We share a common hope for tomorrow and we have a common joy in the truth of God's word 
we need to acknowledge that we are ultimately no different, not a single one of us because we are all sinners and because we are all saved the same way by the blood and sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Son of God Himself. And the good news of this gospel is that because of those things, each of us is a member of the one body, the church. Each of us can say, I belong. If we can help you feel that belonging with the church of Jesus Christ, with this church, please come as we stand and sing this song together. Jesus is Lord, my Father God, we are, we are grateful for your gift of the church. We are grateful for so many things you laid out before us 
knowing what we would need, knowing what a blessing the church can be, knowing what a gift it is to have other people in our lives who are walking the same path that we are. God, we want the church to be that for all people. God, if for any reason this place is not a place where all people have a place, where all people feel a home, where all people's hearts are encouraged and pointed towards you, Lord, hold our feet to the fire and convict our hearts to make this a place for all people of all races, of all creeds, of all socioeconomic backgrounds, Lord, that the the church was meant to be so much more. And so, God, we pray that for this church that we are a part of, not just the, the church the world over, but for this church. Help us to make it a place where all people are welcome where all people will be encouraged and held to the standard of Scripture, but that there be no dividing lines between us and that we would look like our community. We thank you so much for this gift. We don't take it lightly. And we accept the charge to make this as close to heaven on earth as possible. It's in Jesus' name we pray as we leave this place this morning. Amen.